Okay, let's get on the go. Ooh, let's go. Ready? Okay, let me set the stage. The intro just let's happened. Go. Now we're talking. <laughs> Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Block. Um, this is a podcast about um, queer people who love divas, who love female performers, who identified with female performers and didn't like listening to men performers in the 80s and 90s and 2000s and probably not the 2010s. This is a historically accurate, researched. Um, yes. I would say some of these episodes we spend years. <laughs> One of them we did decades on. Re, you know, gathering information to... <laughs> I, I thought you were being serious for a second. I was like, really? Did we? Which episode was that? <laughs> well, actually, I was being a jackass, but it is true with Bet. We did spend decades coming we at you. We did spend decades on that. <laughs> with our useless we... Bette Midler information, so that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, this is a podcast for girls who got kidnapped by operatic pirates. This is a this is a podcast where um, one album of American Songbook was just not enough. <laughs> this is a podcast for girls who have two girlfriends they like to harmonize with. The, um, this is a podcast f- for fucking everyone. I don't know. I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. This theme just can't continue. We're like oddly tired this morning. I didn't it's sleep like very well. I, re- I didn't sleep very well. Okay. Uh, Okay, kids, we didn't get good night's sleep. I normally get about 10 or 11 hours. That's so gross. When I talked to you yesterday, I was like, okay, girl, you're going to go to bed because it was 10. He was like, you're like, no, it's 10. And I was like, and I didn't say anything. I was like, oh. uh." (laughs) I know. If I get more than like seven hours of sleep, I feel I'm like overcome with guilt and shame. (laughs) When do you shut your eyes then? Um, I shut my eyes between 12 and 1. Wow. Okay. I'm, I did that cutter. I did that cutting thing last night, though, which mm. I do because I'm by myself right now. Which is watch a TV on my iPad in bed, mm-hmm. and I always regret it. I always, always regret it. I don't know why I did it. I you do it because your I'm mind turns up, like your mind starts racing. No, I do it because I'm like watching the TV show on the couch, and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I wish I could drift off. Oh, I don't want to drift off here because then I'll wake up at three in the morning with the TV on. So I'll go mm. drift off in bed watching it, and then I just wake up again at three in the morning with like the 28th episode playing and I I don't get a good sleep based on it. So Nick, when you listen to this episode in the future, just remember that you would rather put your screens away, read a book and drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause it always makes me sleep better. Sometimes we cut ourselves because it's COVID-19. I'm, uh, if I'm not full to um, Z's land by like 10, 30, 11, I'm in a full blown panic. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Toya, it's just us and we're going to stay up for the rest of our lives. Let's pace around the floors. What's happening? I have a full-blown panic attack. If I'm not... <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, you know, not back up till noon. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, my, um, my scruff profile used to say, um, I love five to six hour naps. <laughs> and, and it was your scruff profile for a long it's, time. Guess what? It still fucking is. Look me up. My, my, don't cut this. My Instagram name is Carpe, Carpe, Carpe D's Nuts. <laughs> it's kind of inappropriate. Um, your Instagram name or your scruff oh, name? scruff name is Carpe D's Carpe Nuts. Carpe D's Nuts. <laughs> and it's, the only thing that it says about me is five to six hour naps. And um, some jackass was like, 
he was like, that just sounds like sleeping. And I was like, and I said, no, I get up and eat and then go back and then go to sleep. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I think you have depression. And I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. You think? Yeah, you think? Go fuck off. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that relationship didn't work out. I know. Um, well, what's going on, girl? Do you have any diva news? I don't. My name is Carpe <laughs> I... Dees Nuts. <laughs> My diva news, news is that I was I randomly got anxiety about taping an episode this morning, so I, I did too. Googled, so I Googled diva, and then hit the news button mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if that would bring me diva news. Mm-hmm. It didn't, but it reminded me of something I've really been wanting to talk about for a long time, which is that the WWE female wrestlers are called WWE divas. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Th- okay, this is you I did realizing not know that. news. Realizing news. <laughs> this isn't actual news. This, this is, is news. news to me. This is diva news to me. Yes. And I guess someone named Daria Brenato is now the first openly gay WWE diva, oh. which is weird because I would have thought there had been, just from my own stereotypical thoughts, thought there would have been more out lesbian wrestlers but i guess there aren't no did she come out in july did she was she like fuck the trend of june announcements um i don't know it was a couple weeks old this piece of diva news that was pretty like scrolly on google because you know like everyone like you know it's june and they're like i'm now i'm now ready to say my truth yeah but don't you think like just their publicists want to do that in june because people want to run more gay content in june i don't know do you think like it's the only time people has a publicist who? The girl from Hairspray. Did I say her name right? Nikki Blonsky. Bl- Nikki she Blonsky. Definitely pu- okay. She definitely has a publicist. Did she come out? Yeah, she gay, babe. Gay, gay, gay. Oh, good for her. She's also huge on Cameo. Re- oh, really? She's Cameo girl? She's like a big Cameo queen. Oh, no. Or maybe it's Melissa Joan Winokur. Maybe it's Melissa Joan Winokur. Because there's two Hairspray girls. There's the one who did it on Broadway and won the Tony. Right. And Nikki. And the one who did the movie. And Nikki did the movie. Okay, the no, it's the one who did Melissa Joan Winokur, who won a Tony for Hairspray, is huge on Cameo. I think she's like, that's like all she does with her life. I mean, get it? Like, if you can get up to like hundred dollars a day, you know? Yeah, I mean, now, come if you on. did that for seven days, that's seven hundred dollars. Did you see Elise's Cameo from Real Housewives of New York? Um, who? Elise from Real Housewives of New York just did this Cameo this week about Ramona. No. And it went viral where our girl, who's your girl on Real Housewives? What's Sonia. her name? No, not Sonia, Sonia Morgan. Sonia, Sonia, Sonia Morgan. <laughs> no, who's the new girl? <laughs> Leah. Leah. So she's, someone asks, Elise is like, okay, so Ramona during sex. Oh, what? Here's the tea about Ramona having sex. My friend is going to tell you. And then Leah comes over and she's like, Ramona shits every time she gets fucked. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. By the time this episode comes out, that's going to be really old news. That's going to be really old diva news. Everyone just fast forward through this. We're coming at you from a hot 10 days ago, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we are coming at you from a hot. We're taping. We're doing a little bit of batch taping, sweeties. <laughs> Hi, welcome to 10 days ago. But the Patreon is happening. The Patreon is up. We have content on it we have a brand new bonus episode that it is patreon only coming out in two days completely unrelated to anything we've done on the pod what is it jay okay it's civil 
I don't know what the fuck's happening. It's Sybil. We did Sybil for the Patriot. We're doing the first season of Sybil. Um, Sybil Shepherd's um, 1995 sitcom with obviously our queen, Christine Baranski. Um, queen Christine, Queen Sybil Shepherd, <laughs> Queen Alicia Witt. We are really fucking up with these uh, Patreon episodes. Uh, Nick and I just taped, I think, my favorite episode of all time. Okay, so... Of all time, I it was like it was something that I was like so down about doing. You'll listen to me being like, "This is fucking dumb." In the middle of taping it, um, but it was only in the middle because we didn't shut up afterwards. But that's then, a different episode. That's not the Sybil episode. I know, but I want to say these days. are good. I don't know about the Sybil. I cannot even remember the Sybil episode. <laughs> but I know that the one that we did tape recently. I'm saying they're good. All right, they're fucking good. So <laughs> join the Patreon. We promise it'll be better than Netflix. I might only listen to the Patreon from here on out. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to stop listening to the normal episodes. I'm going to subscribe to just the Patreon. Find us on Patreon yeah. at For the Girls Podcast. It, it like just helps us um, keep afloat, keep our website up, be able to just keep producing this great content for all of you Battle Angels. So we appreciate all of you who have become patrons we love you so much and we promise to keep making you really outside of the box weird uh diva adjacent and diva centered content yeah just raw just raw us unfiltered behind <laughs> the scenes yeah no they're great yes thank you everyone and they're really great wow that was the most messy little intro <laughs> we've had <laughs> intro in a long time. city wow this is, this um, is gonna what are we doing this week Jay? um okay god damn it we're doing linda ronstadt's um, follow the sound of my voice documentary. I think it's just the sound of my voice. Hmm. Was, but I'll follow you. Wasn't there? A, isn't there like? Wasn't there like um, a sci-fi? Follow my voice. Follow the sound of my voice. Remember that? I don't know. I'm sure that yes. Cult film. Um, so we're doing Linda Ronsat, the sound of my voice. The documentary. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a documentary. It was made by CNN Films. It came out uh, New Year's Day, 2019. And is now on Purple HBO, our favorite uh, television channel. So you can all pause the episode, uh, turn it on, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah, it was directed by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman, both gay boys. Who also made the documentary The Celluloid Closet. Oh, back in 1997. That was like one of the OG. OG gay Hollywood documentary, which was so good. I actually remember watching that and like... It's starting my whole kind of, oh, I want to be an actor, but I'm so gay. Can I do this? Like, is it even possible for me to do this anxiety that I had for a lot of, like, my late teens, early 20s? Lily Tomlin's in that, right? She's a talking head on that. Yeah. She did yeah, Boys Lily's in the really Band in 94, that. so maybe she... And she's, oh, also gay. She did Boys in the Band. Oh, not Boys in the Band. No, the band... <laughs> and the band, band played and on. And the band played on. Oh, I love and the band played on. It's so long. It's so long. Talk about a long. We could do that for Patreon. That'd be that'd be a bummer. <laughs> be a long that'd bummer. Be a episode. long bummer. <laughs> With weird, weird Matthew Modine. Um, I didn't know I that loved... this was a CNN documentary. And I, when I called Nick, I was like, "Hey!" After watching, I was like, "Hey, girl. So you know how we do like intimate portraits? There's that, and then there's this. Felt very A and E biography. <laughs> a little bit more buttoned up and less feminine." <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a little more mask. It's a little bit more of a mask doc, but she's a little bit more of a mask diva, Arlinda. I really loved this documentary, but I did, I like am, a, I'm less educated about Linda Ronstadt than I am about some of our divas. Like Linda is not really in my pantheon. 
you know, before this. I have a bunch of her albums. Give me your origins. Give me your origins. I mean, my origin is, again, with my sister, because uh, Linda was one of my sister's, like, for real divas. And the cassettes I could steal from my sister were Bette Midler, Whitney Houston, Debbie Gibson, and Linda Ronstadt. Like, those were the cassettes that were happening in a hot 1990, and that is what... I would listen to. So I knew her from that, but I think her kind of like country flair turned me away from her. Cause I was really, when I was young, really like didn't like country. She also wasn't really releasing, uh, uh, popular music albums around, In the 90s? Yeah, around that time. So like no, no, the no, Whitney's no, 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 no. and the Betts kind of had, were have were more po- had more of a popular sound, and so I think yeah. that was also that like if you're listening to a Linda Ronstadt, where you were probably listening to the song that I and probably most people associate her with, which is Desperado, like one of my favorite songs of all time in history. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. These things that are pleasing you will hurt you somehow. Also fucking hate the Eagles version of it, and I only like the Linda Ronstadt version of it. Hmm. I can't, so, so something got I got real uh, twisted over here uh, for as Nick and I've been using the term called for the hymns. <laughs> I think we actually started on the Patreon. <laughs> oh shoot! What episode? I don't even know. I don't even I know where we are. I think it's Sybil. I actually okay. think it's a Sybil episode that's coming out in two days. Sybil episode. It's coming out in two days. <laughs> um. For the hymns, I, I got real deep into the Eagles, girl. Like, when the crisis oh. hit. I know. They're actually very misogynistic. Like, when COVID-19 hit, you were like, let me just pop on the Eagles? Let me And let me just pop on the Desperado I album told, over and over. And they do. I told you, I, cutting is a real thing during COVID-19. We cut ourselves. And, we watch our iPads in bed. We listen to the Eagles. We text people we shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. I'm not even listening. So the Desperado album uh, was is kind of a concept album, a loose concept album about characters from the West, and they have two characters. And one is Desperado, and this other, and then there's another um, guy in that kind of populates the album. And then they do a reprise of Desperado at the end. 
And so that I listened to, I listened to the reprise of the song. I don't even listen to the real song, <laughs> but I've listened to that now. It might be my number one listened song of the year. That's so gross. You need to correct it and put on Linda's version and cleanse your soul I, from these terrible hands. Well, I guess I didn't have to. I mean, Linda's version is, uh, Linda's version was all I knew. You know, I didn't even know that there was another version for a long time. Why? Because actually the Eagles version was a flop. That whole album was kind of a flop. It, and it wasn't until Linda put them on the map by doing the cover version of it that they became famous right. again. Um, yeah. And of course we learned in the doc what? That she basically founded the Eagles. So that's her legacy. Mm-hmm. She must mm-hmm. <laughs> burden to bear. Don't you think And for those of you who don't know Linda Ronstadt at all, like, and I imagine there are a few of you out there who don't, like, she was not a singer-songwriter. She was a purely cover musician, which kind of at the time that she came up in the 70s, she was one of those original Laurel Canyon ladies, like singing at the Troubadour with people like Joni and Judy Sill and all of them. But she was just a purely cover musician, purely just a vocalist, like a session vocalist. Originally with a band called the Stone Ponies, who before that were called the New Union Wranglers. Um, yes. So she wasn't, she didn't start, she was like, a, she was, she started out actually, you know, as we learned the doc with her uh, brother and sister. Yes. Why? Because her whole family was musicians. Mm-hmm. She was, has always been a student. She's, you know, in that doc, she says uh, that her best friend was a radio. Mm-hmm. Putting her ear up against that radio. And, and what I love is that she, she didn't actually, she wasn't in, she started out, as she said, like, I was a harmonizer. Like, that's how I knew music was harmonizing, not being the lead. So even when she was in the Stone Ponies, she was still wanted to be part of the band. She wanted, it wasn't like, oh, this is just me and my music and I can do it anywhere. Like she, Mm -hmm. and I think she continued with that. She was very always interested in who made up her background singers, who made up the band, uh, constantly working with other people. Like being a, a real like member of a team. Like she's a real ensembleist. There's, it's weird because there are so many things about Linda Ronstadt that are like so non diva, like quote diva. And other things that are completely diva. 
it's she's a, she's like a ball of contradictions to me that makes her so fucking interesting, you know, because on the one hand, she really loves being a part of a team and like a session musician and a harmonizer and doesn't want to be in the lead. And at the same time, everyone she collaborated with is like she's a fucking perfectionist. She knows exactly how she wants it to be. And she's going to work until she gets it that way. You know what I mean? Like she was the boss. Uh, yes, and and what I so I thought this documentary was con, was base. So I what Nick and I realized was Nick was coming in, um, not having a strong footing with Miss Linda, yeah, like kind of knowing her music, kind of enjoying her music, and I came in and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't know I was a fan of her. Like I came in and I was getting pissed. I was like, this isn't long enough. This isn't enough talking heads. Maybe you, I could just have her on that couch talking for two hours. Like, what about that? Why isn't this four hours? Why isn't this six hours? And Right. Why isn't this like a 22-episode season on CBS? I, exa- I, and, and I realized, like, oh, I'm, I'm at a different... You know, it's kind of the thing, I thought, kind of fun thing where you realize... Uh, that you are a fan and, and, and kind of have been a closeted fan without mm. knowing, like I didn't know I was in the closet until I was <laughs> until, <laughs> until someone got me angry, <laughs> like the CNN doc. <laughs> and, and I, I was thinking about how interesting documentaries are and what we want from them, especially when we're coming at different places. Right. You, yeah. When you, you, cause you really have to think about audience. And for you, it worked for you because you, you got the kind of groundwork for her, the, an understanding that maybe will propel you into her music, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have as full a knowledge of her. Like, I own a bunch of Linda Ronstadt records that I listen to a lot. And I actually started buying them again when uh, I heard A Do False Heart, which is one of her more recent albums that, that she put out in 2006. Do you know that record? Is that the one where she's in Flowers? No, it's with Anne Savoy. It's like a really like bluegrassy, folky, harmony album. It's really, really good. Oh, okay, this was this was kind of like her last album, right? Yes. Now we must part. May the joys of the world go with you. So this documentary worked for me because I learned all sorts of shit about her that I didn't know before. Yeah, and I'm and I'm trying. I was trying to debate like, would I even send people to this, or would I just say, just immerse yourself in her album, start with Heart of a Wheel, and keep going. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and it's, it's just it's that kind of funny thing. But then, it, but then I think, well, but it it worked for you. You know, like you got you. It's not like you have to be a hardcore fan or anything. No, and I think that these CNN docs aren't really for the hardcore fans, you know? It's funny, um, I was reading the Rolling Stone review of this documentary, and they said that Linda remains a mystery in her own biography. 
Like the way they don't like show her talking and they don't talk about like her adopted children or her personal life very much at all. And like Jerry Brown is not interviewed. And it's so interesting to me, Linda is so discreet about her personal life. Well, I also think because she has had such a life, there's only so much you could do in a 50 minute time span. Wait, is it only 50 minutes? No, it's longer than it, 50 it, minutes. It's like an hour and a half. Well, it, it felt like 50 minutes. It felt like they barely did anything. <laughs> but it, what makes me... And I was like, she's ha, she has had so many different moments in her life. Truly defining different moments. You know, we, we did the whole thing with the stone ponies, which we've got to be playing different drums. You and I travel to the beat of a different drum. How can you tell by the way I run? Such a, re- well, that was such a revelation to me, even like in my whatever woke two thousand days, to hear someone to hear a woman because that song was written by a man, and I think if a man would sing it, you know, he's basically being like, "Hey, babe, like, you know, no one can tie me down. I'm just gonna be chasing tail all around, and that's fine. We're just different, you know." But she takes that and she still refers to the lover as like pretty. She doesn't change the lyrics. Yeah, and it is. I w- and, and to me, that was just the beginning of her masterclass in taking and owning songs. So she had so many moments. She does a similar thing on her first Spanish language album, mm-hmm. which is called "And I Will Butcher This." Oh, I Conchiones will butcher this. De mi padre, de mi padre, and she has a bunch of songs that are like obviously. For men, because I like decided to do a dive the other day and listen to it and also read the translation so I could know the lyrics better. And so many of them are like songs from a man's point of view and she doesn't even change them. And I love that. It's low key one of my favorite things when singers don't change the gender of the song. I know because I for it. real hate it when Frank Sinatra does that. I fucking hate that. Mm. That's so, so you're listening to Frank and I'm listening to the Eagles. That sounds no, like, like a place Bi- in hell. No, Billy listens to Frank Sinatra a lot. And I that's, I mean, it's fine. Like I can appreciate Frank Sinatra, but that's a hymn I'm not really for. No, that's a hymn that but throws whatever. me right out the window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm diving out the window like Lily Tomlin. I heart the Huckabees right there. Oh my gosh, my favorite thing <laughs> my ever. favorite thing ever. Um, but so what I was realizing was it's like, she's had so many different, you know, like I said, some ponies and then she kind of was a rock band and then she did um, the American Songbook for so many years and then she did In Broadway. country, she had a, like a number one country hat. Then she you does know, she... country. Then she does um, her roots. She does three root, you know, three Mexican root, roots albums of mariachi. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I was thinking about how Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan can take a sneeze and a shit and they do. And, and Martin Scorsese does an entire like six part documentary on, on them. And I just, I think something about that just ruffled my feathers where I was like, there's so much, I, like I said, I could just do Linda talking about music. Y'all, she is a math. I keep calling her a master, but she is truly a master or student of all things music. I, I could have, Mm-hmm. posted so many brilliant takes of Linda Ronsat just um, talking about the art of making music and singing. She's so deeply adventurous and curious about genres, and she just always kind of followed her heart. And she made she made some good career decisions, too, because like she made this new wave album in the early 80s, like a lot of people did, like Bette did, too. And then she just kind of gave up on that and dove, like you said, into these like three albums with Nelson Riddle and the American Songbook. Three, and three. So she's so she was the O. <laughs> she was like, I want to do a deep dive onto the standard. I have to say, this isn't my fave. I realize I'm no, not a standards I mean, girl. I'm not a standards girl. I mean, I'm a huge standards girl. Like I love the Dana Owens album. Don't even get me started. Like I love it. You know that album? No. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. That's Queen Latifah's. Standards album. Uh, it's called the Dana Owens album, and I'm really, I'm really like for the hers on that. But um, <laughs> she, um, Linda says that she just wanted to take these songs and and bring them out of the elevator. And this is something I disagree with her on. I'm like, I just feel like you stayed in the elevator no, but, with all three but, of these records. But she could have, yeah, yeah. Oh man, oh man. She <laughs> like the doors open. She did not get out. Or like bring, or like bring them out of the elevator for one album. No one. I mean, but I I found that to be so adventurous because yeah, she did this new wave album. I'm obsessed with this new wave album. It's called Mad Love. It's 1980. Um, she does three Elvis Costello cuts on there. When she loves someone, yes. she will cut their songs like no one's business. I love her on Elvis Costello. Uh, Neil Young is so good. Yes. I mean, I would say like a lot, like, A, I have so many things to say. One, this is my favorite kind of type. I love, I, I, I bemoaned this before on this podcast, I think. I don't know. I don't know what I just said three minutes ago. But I, I feel like there is a, this have to be thing in pop music in the past 20 years where all of our female pop artists have to have a writing credit and write original songs. And the right. album kind of sounds washy and it's just, it, there's just, it's just not dynamic. And I love how our Bet and our Linda Ronsat just loves to, to um, find great gems that they can make their own. And I feel like that mm-hmm. is a lost art. Yeah. And, and I, we do, we really don't have anyone doing it anymore. Like 
Diana Krall. Like, I don't know who it is. But I'm, but I'm talking about like in the pop culture where it's like, and it's also, it's not that right. you, they have to just, they can get, there's, there's just so many great songwriters that people will just write and never produce. But there's also great people who are under the radar that they could lift up. It's also a way of lifting people up and into the light, you know, and like sharing the stage with them that they really, you know, that, that these people really appreciate. Here's my tea. Here's my deep tea. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Linda's albums, well, before the American Songbook, I think are what I wish Bette Midler's albums were like. I think Linda has a really? better. I think Linda has a better ear. I know. Can you believe it? Well, I mean, but this is this was my other tea. Was that? I mean, I'm gonna contradict you. I'm gonna disagree with you in a major. <laughs> I'm gonna <way>. contradict. <laughs> I'm going to contradict you, so hold on. Do you have your seatbelt on? <laughs> um, I think they're so different, Bette and Linda, because Linda is really, like you said, a musician. She's interested in music, and Bette is a performer. She's interested in performance, and it's so completely different because the Bette albums are, like, so... She hops genre within the record. Like, each album is jumping from genre to country to jazz to standard to pop like every record and it's about an experience that is jolting that pulls you out of something and Linda's are much more sonically cohesive I don't think they were up to the same thing maybe but I okay so when will I be loved is just an Mm. all time banger and here it comes we're gonna listen to it right now Imagining Bet and that what I love about Linda is she front and centers her voice clearly on on all, so many of her best tracks. Like it yes. is it is it is there. It is alive. It is so present and so and it rips. It just and I'm like that's the that same energy whale, that Bet has. That Do you know whale. what I mean? Yes, but also Bet so doesn't Bette have as done good this. a voice as Linda. Bet can't sing as well. Like, I mean, few people can sing as well as Linda. I think the most apt comparison, I was trying to think of who, like, who our modern day Linda is, and I think it's Adele. But also, she's compared a lot to Whitney Houston, because they they both have these supernaturally gifted voices, and they were just pop singers who didn't write their own stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There's like a very, and they both have iconic national anthems. There's like this similar element in that. But I think Adele is the heir to that now. Like Linda was also known for just park and bark. Like she's going to stand <laughs> at that microphone, bark out her songs and not like do a big show about it, which again is the opposite from Bette Midler. Bette Midler isn't about putting her voice front and center. She's about putting her performance 
of a song front and center. You know what I mean? But, the, I, but I think that Lind, I just think Linda's ear is so right on the money and what she knows that she can do to twist up a song to twist it right mm-hmm. up and smoke it is yeah. and she also does what bet does is she she goes and gets the oldies she goes and yeah. gets the oldies and kind of rock and rocks around with it and that's it's kind of like, why i think like, about bet and i'm like like okay again now, like rescue me okay, here like we go rescue, rescue me. me yes rescue, rescue me which is me. the original is fantella bass what made the original recording of this but linda's is so she takes that song right out of it's like 1965 and gives it a fresh new swing she just makes it so modern It's so funny on every one of these songs I write down, this is the ultimate Linda song. This, like, I think I said that on every song, but this cut is fucking, and I know you never hear me use this word, iconic. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. The weird thing is, it's such a great voice. She kind of actually reminds me more of Barbara. Because no. it, it doesn't seem to cost her anything. She has this steely temperament where she doesn't let you know how that it costs her anything. You think that she could sing like this for 14 days straight. That's what, like her stamina, her just raw ability reminds me of Barbara Streisand. Right, right. But her heartbreak, her heartbreak on Heart of a Wheel. Mm. Some say the heart is just can't mend it but my As Sia would say, this is acting. This is on Harvey's voice. She actually, she likes Sia. They asked her if she Does likes she? any any new people. I bet she, Sia can sing like Linda Ronstadt. That voice is that good. And and she and she was like, Sia is interesting. I, any any, if you read any of the interviews of recently, all she is, all she says is like, I just listen to all I listen to now is opera, which I'm like, get a girl. I mean, mm. she grew up loving Maria Callas. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I think she's just kind of, and also, oh, we are just, we are just, what is, what is going on in this podcast? I mean, we are really just diva, just diva going d- deep in here right now. We're just now. going diva deep. Nick was no like, I'm going to follow your outline. <laughs> well, we Lies. didn't. Liza Minnelli lies. Liza. Liza's lying on the couch right now. Um, Liza Minnelli lies, everybody. No, but the other reason she likes Sia is because they are both so deeply committed to having bangs. Oh, like this Linda's was Nick's big take. Nick's like, I've got something for you, girl. He, 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 spoiler, he already told bangs. me bangs. 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 Like, Linda is never giving up on those iconic bangs, and I'm here for it. I want a line of wigs called Linda Ronstadt mullets that you could wear every day. I have to shout out to um, uh, one of our battle angels, um, Mickey, right now. Because when I first met her, I was drunk on the dance floor, and she just happened to have bangs. And then I would, t- I tapped, I kept tapping my feet and pointing at her and going, "Bangs, bangs, 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 bangs," <laughs> and and then refused to call her anything else for like a year <laughs> because she had bangs. bangs, 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 bangs. Well, Linda Love you, Mickey. had bangs, and she put out bangers. So there you go. How do you like that? Bangs and bangers. Bangs and bangers. Do you want to know what Linda Ronset said about Bette Midler? What? Oh, I don't know this. I know, I was surprising you. Now, if we're just, if we're just jumping around, if, there's, if the handbook's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the handbook's gone. We burned it. We burned it. It was inside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We burned it when we burnt that shit down. Does, I bet they didn't even put Linda in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until like 2015. Well, Look that up. Well, they showed it at the end of your favorite documentary, Linda, the voice oh, yeah. inside of my head, um, <laughs> where they, and actually... <laughs> Linda, the voice inside of my head <laughs> is the tattoo I'm getting on my forearm about Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> they, um, it's actually really beautiful at the end. She gets in, in, inducted in uh, 2014. And they... 2014. This is so fucked up. I know. She, like... <sighs> but they have... Did you see how they had all of the beautiful women singing When Will I Be Loved? They had Stevie mm-hmm. Nicks and they had Cheryl Crow and they had Carrie Underwood. Um, and they... <laughs> <laughs> How many question marks did you just put on Carrie Underwood's name in your inflection? Well, in that, yeah, I don't know. In that doc, they, like, she takes the lead in it, too. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, Bonnie Raitt's up on stage here with, like, this is a little off. Um, but know, cho- right? but choices. <laughs> Our diva, Bette Midler does not do duets. And I'm pretty sure this is the only duet she does with a, a female. Am I wrong? Well, she did a duet with Dolly on her sitcom. Oh, well, okay, but that's not on the record. I'm talking about I know, records. I love that duet, and I'm bummed that that's not... No, I think it might be her only duet on a record with another woman, is they sing Sisters together. On, on, on Bette Midler's really fun... Um, <laughs> Rosemary Clooney tribute album, Actually, which I love, and I hate it when you cut on No, so you know I'm not going to cut on it anymore, because I got into it last night. Did you? Yeah, I really did. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters... Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Caring, sharing, every little thing that we are wearing. When a certain gentleman arrived from Rome, she wore the dress and I stayed home. All kinds of weather, we stick together, the same in the rain or sun. But in tight places We think and we act as one uh-huh. Those who seen us Know that not a thing can come between us 
Many men have tried to split us up, but no one So what did she say about that? So yes, okay. So they so they do sisters, and this is from Parade. Did, did you all get Parade in the mail? Do you remember on Sundays mm. Parade? Yes, and then you would read it on the toilet. Oh wait, are you talking about me? Because I would read it on the toilet. Yeah, I know you would. I would read front and back parades like five pages long, and I would I would just scan and scan and scan, and I was obsessed. <laughs> the first page was always questions and answers, and oh, it was. And then they did a inner. Oh my God, Parade everything. Um, maybe if I get rich, I'll. I'll do the back catalog of all of parades. That would be a real good use of my money and time. (laughs) Can't wait till we get to this quote. (laughs) Anticipation is murdering me. So they ask her, you also pair with Bette Miller to do sisters. And she says, yes, it was, it was a tribute to like Nick said to Rosemary Clooney. I wish Rosemary could have heard that because I knew her really well. I always wanted to get the three of us together, but every time I go to LA, one of us would be out of town. We never got to have that great dish on the sofa, which would have been more fun than anything. Anyways, Bet has such a wicked humor in every line she sings and she's good at delivering multi-layered sentiment. It's hard to do. Ugh, I love that it's again what you're saying about Linda though. She's so she's such a technician. She wants to figure out like make, how to make art and why like good art is good when it's happening. And I just admire the fuck out of her for that. I wrote down in huge letters in my notes when watching this. I was like, she's the kind of artist I have always wanted to be. She's just so curious and dedicated and just exacting. And you can tell that people are genuinely obsessed with her. Like every everyone that has worked with her, everyone that has come up with her is obsessed with Linda Ronstadt. Like, yes, um, they have such an infinity for her because she's she's able to just sit and like now now I have a new term for Bette Midler: multi layered sentiment. I'm like, yeah, that's what. Hey, I I have a new you know way of expressing. The talent of Bette Midler, because Linda Ronstadt can do that. Like, she's such a musical theorist. And she also doesn't bullshit. Like, in the end of that quote, she says, that's not easy to do. You know, she's like, it's, she doesn't use hyperbole. She doesn't say, like, that's impossible to do, or Bette's the only person to, who can do that. She just says, acknowledges the difficulty and the singularity of the talent of a peer of hers. She's just so fucking honest, which is something that I find stunning about her because so few famous people are this frank. And in the best documentary ever created about a female pop star, um, <laughs> <laughs> Linda Ron- You're just really Linda- reading me for liking this doc. <laughs> It's actually no. I don't know why I'm reading it. It's actually good. I maybe after maybe after this, I would say first listen to our podcast because you will for sure come out a scholar of Linda Ronstadt. Um, <laughs> you'll know exactly her timeline, and then go to the doc. But in the documentary, again, I wanted more. But uh, Dolly Parton and Emily Lou Harris are on there being kind of some of the few talking heads of it because so 1980 was Mad Love, and that's that's really kind of the end of her pop culture run. As Nick said, she jumps... Mad Love. Mad Love, 1980. That's kind of her last popular music album. I mean, she does stuff in the 90s that's popular music, and she does that album featuring Aaron Neville, which is very... It's like featuring Aaron. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they did... Didn't they win a Grammy for All I Need to Know for that? Mm -hmm. That's so... I can't actually find that on Spotify, that song. Yeah, it's on there. Look at these eyes. 
They've never seen what matters Look at these dreams So big and so better I don't know much But I know I love you And that may be all I need to know so she goes and she does uh, like three years of a, the American Songbook and then she straight up is like, I'm kind of done. She says that she doesn't want to perform in stadiums that aren't built for singing. So where does she go? Broadway babies. That's right. She Wait, goes, I thought you were going to talk about Trio. Well, she goes to Broadway and she does Pirates of My Pants. And Pirates of Penzance, which is not my favorite thing on earth. I'll just tell you, I'm not really <laughs> Gilbert or Sullivan, but whatever. Like Linda was into yeah, it. At least it was in Phantom of the Opera. Um, <laughs> dog, we're dog. This is our dog episode. Um, we're dogging it. Watch us. Watch our real opinions come flying. And and but so so she does all of that, and then she's like, I'm still going to keep sticking it to the people and do a full on classic country blues grass album with three of my be- two of my besties fucking Emmylou Harris and Dolly fucking motherfucking Parton and that's this is like you know this is like the country hipster gold mind everyone obsessed with this album um, yeah and the band is called Trio they call themselves Trio or the al- yeah I mean for me to know him is to love him it's just like the most beautiful crazy harmony and all three of them take the lead in different parts and I'm obsessed with that I love it off the ground since the 70s they had um emmy lewis lou harris had a horrible death in her life and she came to live with linda and they just invited dolly over and they started singing and instantly they said they sounded like sisters as mm. if they were a family they could harmonize so perfectly that it was supernatural oh i'm getting i'm getting the mm. gooseies they all had different managements and studio contracts 
but they kept trying to record together. So it's kind of really fun to, they, because they were recording together and then tracks would go onto different people's albums. And then mm. they started recording each other's songs. Um, Linda, uh, OG does, I will always love you. Oh gosh. I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Then finally they were able to get it together in 87 and release this, mm. this album that won a bunch of Grammys. Uh, and then the, the same thing happened again in 1994. They were, they had recorded like five out five tracks that was still a struggle to get produced. And then uh, this is such a long meandering story, but then Linda took the tracks and actually took Dolly off the lead vocals and put her on <laughs> put herself on it for one of her albums. Get it, Linda. And, yes. Get it, Linda. And then they released the original recordings um, in 1990 for tri- 1999 for Trio 2. That's actually where my origin comes in. Oh, you found her on Trio 2? I found, I, yeah, my, my first real love was on Trio 2. I had visited a, I was visiting one of my girlfriends, um, Gabby, and we went up to her family's cabin and all we listened to was Trio 2. Wow. And so that was my first. And then my second, which I just have to say, because I love this memory, was in my 20s. I was, did I ever talk about this? So that I lived in that tenement apartment where the bathtub was in the kitchen. It was behind Venetian. Yeah, you talked about it in, be- in, the, in beaches the Beaches episode. episode. You can go back and listen to that, download it, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes right now, and join our Patreon. Thanks. Like us. Like. You always have to say like, like, review, subscribe. Like, like, us. like us. Like us. Like. like. Please like me. How do you like? You just press the heart yeah. button. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Um, <laughs> like our posts, uh, and and so I so yeah so so it was like in my twenties I was it was Nick and you know it was a crazy apartment I was living with my boo Eric and half the time his boyfriend Hector was living with us and I have so many memories of me just smoking a joint in that bathtub while Eric's cooking on the stove just across from the bathtub. And we are (laughs) endlessly listening to Blue Bayou. It's such a sexy song. It was so perfect for my 20s. I love it so much. This Roy Orbson cover. (sighs) I feel so bad. I got a worried mind. I'm so lonesome all the time Since I left my baby behind on Blue Bayou Saving nickels, saving dimes Working till the sun don't shine Looking forward to happier times on Blue Bayou It's, I mean, I've, it's the most quintessential Linda song. <laughs> it's, it's what I would say is iconic. Linda Ronstadt. But can't you <laughs> say like that? It's what you think of when you think of Linda. No, but, oh, this is something I wanted to talk about with her on Blue Bayou 
is it's another example of she's a master of dynamics. You know, mm-hmm. like starting off real low and then when she just fucking blows it out, you know, it starts as this like little memory and then the the emotion that comes with the memory just like and the yearning to go back is so huge. And when she, oh, I mean, I'm, I, 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 it makes me feel like I'm on a summer night in my satin nighty that just keeps falling over my shoulders as I'm trying to powder she's my in face. a satin nighty on that album yeah, cover. Yeah, so my imagination's real big. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why you imagine that. But oh, but let's go to sexy. let's go to we and we haven't even mentioned because we're all over the place because we're drinking so much cold brew that Linda's origins. Linda is our first Latina diva on this podcast. Shame, shame on us. Shame, shame, shame. Actually, deep absolutely, shame. Sh- deep shame on us. But um, also, not a lot of people think of that because her name is German, Ronstadt. But her father's father's father immigrated from Germany to Mexico, and her whole father's side of the family um, is from Mexico, and that's why she did these, you know, three Spanish language, you know, roots heritage albums that are so fucking amazing. The first and one was the greatest selling Spanish. Was language. it? Yeah, at that time. Wow. Yeah. Like, don't do this. She she talks about how um, Joan Baez wanted to do it, but couldn't get it off the ground to do a Spanish language mm. album. Talk about beating to your different drum. And we always talk about like how people follow their muse. This is truly one of the artists that that just said fuck it all. Like because she grew up, her father courted her mother by singing these songs out of, like outside her window to her, and that's how. And her mother's from Michigan, like us. Oh. And so, yeah. And I also think that the people were like, there's no way you're going to get this on the radio. You know, and this also, not only can you not get this on the radio, but this could kill your career. Like this could just. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, fuck you. I'm motherfucking Linda Ronstadt. I've had five platinum albums in a row, 25 Grammy nominations, and I have 11 Grammys in my pocket. Why don't you go fuck the fuck yourself? It's yeah, it's that's so an inspiring. actual quote. Yep. It's not quote. in this documentary, quote. but it's in the documentary in my mind. <laughs> also, Linda, this is a good time to talk about her as a political beast because her giving interviews about politics is one of my favorite things on the planet. 
Oh, this you love the this is I think this is what made you truly love the documentary was you got to see Linda just pop off, which I do very definitely disagree with the policies of the South African government. I don't think that's enough of a reason not to go and play music there. If I if I did that, I wouldn't be able to play in the United States because I don't agree with their policies about nuclear power or nuclear warfare or invading, uh, you know, Grenada or their hopes to invade Nicaragua. I hope they don't do that. I mean, my God, we've got this person running the country you know that i completely disagree with it doesn't mean that i have to stop playing concerts in the united states and if i didn't play if i decided that i wasn't going to play where attitudes of racism prevailed i certainly couldn't play in australia or england or uh lots of places in the united states a lot a lot of places in the american south or boston which is extremely racist uh. you know they're having all the controversy about busing so where do you draw the line and if it was if it was someplace where the government was terrible to black people i couldn't go to uganda you know if i wanted to go to uganda or tanzania which has more political prisoners than south africa uh, nobody would raise an eyebrow. They just sort of go, oh my goodness, she's going to Tanzania. Or if I wanted to go to Russia, which is a fascist, repressive government, people would say, oh, she's trying to communicate, you know. I went to South Africa. It has a fascist, repressive government. Mm. I'm very interested in the culture down there. And to me, it was an incredible opportunity to learn, to hear some, I heard, found, heard some great Zulu music down there, which is incredible. I heard that band Jaluka, which is a great band. Uh-huh. And well, uh, see, you I just, learned it. You just got finished talking. You say, why does anyone think I'm controversial? Do you realize what you've just talked about here? We've just received all your political views in one blow. I'm not, I'm teasing. I'm not putting it down, honestly. Not very con my con my, I don't think my political views are very controversial. Who, who likes nuclear warfare? You know? yeah, that's true. I agree. And who likes but racism? <laughs> She's just so fucking frank. And then also she was on Anderson Cooper a couple years ago because she got a Kennedy Center honor. And she straight up compares Trump to Hitler. I've read that you have read a lot about the, the, uh, about, uh, the, the, the Weimar Republic in Germany. And you sort of see parallels between then and now. Well, great parallels. I mean, the intelligentsia of Berlin and the literati and the, all the artists were just busy doing their thing. And there were a lot of chances. As Hitler rose to power. There were a lot of chances to stop him. And they didn't speak out. And the industrial complex thought that they could control him once they got him in office, and of course he was not controllable. And by the time he got established, he put his own people in place and you know stacked the courts and did what he had to do to consolidate his power. And we got Hitler, and he destroyed Germany. He destroyed centuries of intellectual history, forward and backward. The you know the people like Beethoven and Goethe and Thomas Mann became jokes. They became Nazi laughingstock. I think a lot of people though would 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 be surprised to hear comparisons between what happened then and, and, and now. If you read the history, you won't be surprised. It's exactly the same. Get, 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 find a common enemy for everybody to hate when I was sure that Trump was going to get elected the day he announced. And I said, he's gonna, it's going to be like Hitler and the Mexicans are the new Jews. Mm. And sure enough, that's what he delivered, you know. Linda Ronstadt has Parkinson's disease now, so she hasn't performed in a while, but so she's reading a lot on her sofa, she says. And I just love Linda. It's just like, I'm going to educate myself about the Third Reich because I'm living in it. The, well, and people forget um, back, like, we think it was bad then, but it was all back in, in the 2000s, back in 2004, you know, the Dixie yeah. Chicks literally had their albums demolished in public ceremonies because they said something negative. Because they were against the Iraq War. Iraq War and George W. Bush. And Miss Linda was like, I don't give a fuck. And it, at the Aladdin in 2004, she dedicated um, Desperado to Michael Moore. Mm -hmm. And they escorted her out. 
Yeah, they, they were booing. They booed and they ended um, her. She was gonna do a, you know an extended stay, and then in the, and then she goes to the Bay Area the next day, and she jokes that um, her final song is gonna be "Viva Las Vegas." <laughs> And she continued up until 2006. She continued to praise Michael Moore. She did not stop. And yeah, no, no one's going to stop Linda Ronstadt from doing anything. She got a lot of support from she, that. Elton John came out. The Eagles came out and supported her. Like uh, I'm telling you, she is. People will not go she, against she's Linda. Unshakable. She's unshakable. Oh, this is another thing I wrote down about. She has fearless power. Like, this power in her voice is, like, I think comes from, like, deep within her spirit. She has this unshakable sense of self, sense of purpose, sense of what, how she believes in music, sense in how she believes about the world that is so powerful to me. And it's put into the world in audio form in the sound of this huge, wailing, perfect voice. Uh, that, uh... <laughs> I am dogging the stock, and I'm just I'm I'm more kidding than anything. But I was a full puddle and a half at the very end because I had spent, you know, since 2011 hearing her say that she cannot sing, and yeah. and in my mind thinking that she really that literally her vocal cords don't work, and not actually being like, oh, she can't sing at her perfectionist level, so she's not even ever going to publicly attempt it. She's such a perfectionist, right. and she has she knows exactly. And, you know, she says, I know exactly in my head how, song should, how a song should sound and how I should perform it. And if she can't do it, she's not. But then they show her doing it at the end. They show her with her yeah. family singing on the couch. With her nephew singing a, like a Mexican folk song on her couch. And it's so gorgeous. Yeah. I don't even have that note in my speaking range anymore. <laughs> you said before you said you couldn't sing anymore. This isn't really singing. Believe me, it's a few notes sketched in, but it's not really singing. Are you enjoying it? Well, I would enjoy it much more if I could sing, but I can't let them sing this without me. <laughs> it's a family thing. I just, I never thought I would be able to see her sing again, and it's just, it's so sweet and sensitive. She's got her Uggs on, as you do. Actually, a lot of interviews I've seen, she loves those brown Uggs. She loves to tuck a jean in those Uggs brown are Uggs. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, hey, I can't dog it. I used to dog Crocs, and now you can't get me out of them. I sleep in my Crocs. So Linda, um, what they don't cover too much in the doc, um, it's her personal life, and she adopts two kids in the '90s. She the last she adopts a daughter and then a son in 1994, and I think because of that, she decides to do this very strange, but I absolutely love it, children's album in 1996 called "Dedicated to the One I Love," and she does all rock covers in lullaby form in like creepy harmonizing like chimey from heaven lullaby form. She even does "We Will Rock You." And it is scary. It is 
ethereal. <laughs> how do you say that word? Ethereal. 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 That's it's exactly ethereal. But you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street. Gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face. Big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place. Singing, we will, we will rock you. We will, we will rock you. What? I did not even know about this. <laughs> it's, yes, she'll just be my baby. Like, I mean, so a lot of baby things, just things that say baby in them. It is, it's really, uh, I'm like, ooh, this is like, um, uh, this is an art piece, really. It's great. Weird. Ooh, it's weird. It's great. So there you uh, go. I mean, besides Aretha, her version of Tracks of My Tears by The Miracles, Tracks of My Tears is my favorite song of all time. Mm. Tracks of My Tears is on my top five. I absolutely, yes. Really? Yes. I, I just love wow. the sentiment. I love the whole, the quick picture that it beautifully paints for you about like a breakup and... Um, even if you're out there being happy and maybe getting another boo, you're still absolutely devastated on the inside. I just, I think it's perfect and she rocks it. Actually, I probably listen to her version of Tracks of My Tears the most. I think it's just everything. People say I'm a She rocks um, it. She's never... ex- 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 she does songs the way that I want to do them too. I think that's so in- and so important. You know where you're like, when you hear a version of of something and and you think, gosh, that's exactly how I would want to hear it. That's if I could if I could sing, I would want to sing this like that. She does that mm. for me. She also released a live album last year, her live from Hollywood album, which is really great and has a lot of these hits on it. And it's kind of like a good Linda primer. Like if you aren't a big, if you don't know Linda yet and you've just listened to this, I would go and I would download on Spotify her or buy her live in Hollywood album because it's, it's really great. We also thought about instead of doing this doc, just doing that album, but we did the doc instead because I loved it so much. <laughs> I want to give it the best picture award. <laughs> it came out two years ago, but it's still it's gonna. Well, but anything can be nominated. Yeah, they're canceled. Anything can be nominated. I mean, nominated. who the fuck knows? It's so, all over. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you everyone for um, coming to this episode, and 
Join our Patreon and listen to Linda Ronstadt and watch this documentary and let us know. Should we fight? Uh, should um, we fight over what we should go out on? Oh, man. I mean, yes. I definitely want to get in a fight with you. That's how <laughs> I want to end this episode. It's by yelling. I mean, I, I mean I'm going to advocate for how long I'm going to love Linda Ronstadt. And the answer to that is a long, long time. Okay. <laughs> How long? A long, long time. I'm going to advocate... That's, but that's also the song. Oh. oh. You know her song, Long, Long Time? No. What? Yes, you do. Do I? Yes, it's like one of her biggest hits. Oh, then. It's from Silk Purse. I want to go out on the blue train. She sings it with Dolly Parton. Um, she puts it on the album that uh, she took all the songs from for Trio 2. And it's Too bad we're going to go out on long, And it's long just time. a beautiful um, um, song about kind of just like traveling to a new place. So let's go out on the sweet tunes so of could the listen, blue train. Listen, listen to that on Spotify because I edit the episodes and we're going to go out on Long, Long Time because it's one of her biggest Look, hits and we haven't played. It. Look for a tear down on Instagram because I can still type on that. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> shut out on on the Instagram yet. So, <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in. Please uh, write us a review, rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast on your Instagram and on your Facebook and on your Twitter, and um, join our Patreon where you have a bunch of really great content. We um, have bonus content from Pam Greer from last week. We have. A new episode about Sybil coming out. We have our iconic outtakes and um, more things coming up. Yes. All right. All right. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. I think